0: To the florida hockey podcast justin bedford alongside noah russo how you doing buddy pretty good how are you doing good doing good it's been a while since we've done one of these uh took the summer off but uh excited to get back into it
1: yeah yeah it was uh yeah it was a short short off season to be honest but um, yeah no yeah. i uh went yeah fast. looking forward to uh to some panther hockey sooner out and later now
0: yeah and it's nice to when we go this long without doing episodes it gives us more to actually talk about in the episodes instead of trying to stretch like one or two things for 40 50 minutes we can just uh cover everything really going on and there are definitely a lot of discussion points around this team uh going into this season which makes it a lot of fun uh a lot of changes uh First, of all, I think we should, we should probably recap last season for the Panthers because it was undoubtedly the greatest season in franchise history. Um, and a lot happened just within that season. I mean, you start off, the team got off to a great start building off the year before. Uh, but then Joel Quenville fired or resigned. Andrew Burnett takes over in that interim role. Bit of an adjustment period. But for the most part, the team really didn't differentiate away from anything under Quenville. You had Anton Lundell, who came in as a rookie uh, and played really great two way hockey in that third line center role. Uh, you had players like Mason Marchmont, who came in and emerged as a really high end player, and other forwards having career years. Bobrovsky kind of getting back to his form a little bit. Uh, the deadline acquisitions in Claude Giroux and Ben Sherat. Team goes on, wins the president trophy, then playoffs come around. Uh, and it goes terribly. Uh, they kind of scrape by in that Washington series. Uh, they get bounced by uh, the lightning in round two. Uh, swept, embarrassingly. Um, and then since that, a lot of changes uh, around the team this offseason. Obviously, Andrew Brunette not retained. Paul Maurice coming in. Anthony DeClaire injured long-term. Marchment, Giroux, Sherratt, Weger, Huberto all out. Kachuk the Stahl brothers, Colin White, Rudolph Spalester and a few others coming in. Um, So I anticipate it's going to be a very different year for the Florida Panthers, just with so many significant changes to this team.
1: Yeah, it's to be honest with you, it's something I've, I've been thinking about is looking at this at least projected 22, 23 roster is did, did the team improve? And I, I I'm, I still don't have a definite answer to that question, to be honest. Um, it, it's something that we're just going to have to like, wait to see to f- like, and find out. But um, I, I definitely like, uh, like, you know, what Bill Zito has been able to do. He's, he's not afraid to make moves yeah, and to like take risks. And, you know, like sometimes you, you're going to, you're going to take, you're going to make risky plays and it's, it's not always going to pan out, but yeah. um. Yeah, like you mentioned, like uh, last year there were there were some risks that were made, and like Ben Sherat for you know a first first round pick was probably a risk, and I think definitely I'd argue risk. that one didn't didn't pan out, right? You just gotta you just gotta trust that like that one didn't pan out, but it must mean that an upcoming one is is gonna pan out. So I'm I'm looking forward to this season.
0: Yeah. And I think when you talk about like the degree of changes going on, I think the two things really influencing just the amount of changes is one, the salary cap, right? Anytime you're a good team, you're going to be up against the salary cap. You're not going to be able to retain everyone every season. So you have to make those tough decisions because of the salary cap. And then I think another part of it is just the way the season ended last year. Um, You know, they looked really strong all season long. And then they kind of just, Uh, choked it in the playoffs. They didn't have that same level of fight and intensity that you'd want to see from a top team. And so I think those two things combined are what's influenced uh, a lot of the changes uh, that we've seen this season. Um, So I was going over before we started recording uh, it kind of some key questions facing the Florida Panthers uh, going into the season. We got eight questions here. uh, So I'm interested to know your thoughts and opinions uh, on them. And we'll start off with new coach, Paul Maurice. And how do you think he's going to impact
1: this team? Um, I, I think the the, for, you know, like aside from like hockey tactics and everything um, I think the thing he's going to like create the most change in and like, he's going to institute the most is uh, just an increase in accountability in the team. Um, it's not to say there was none or, uh, under, uh, under Brunette for that, for that last season, but I do think that it's something that Paul Maurice will come in and, you know, we're going to see a decrease in mistakes. Thank to, thanks to that. I, I think he's going to be able to, to more of, um, you know, be a little, little harsher when he needs to be and just, you know, not be afraid to single guys out. And I, uh, that, that's what I think is, is going to be a, a big, big help to, to this year's Panthers.
0: Yeah. Like I, I agree. I think a lot of uh, what we're going to see is maybe not tactically. He said he wanted to keep a lot of the, you know, same things going that they were doing on the ice. But I think in terms of his, his leadership style and his character, he's a bit harder on players. Um, he's been around the league a long, long time. Um, so I do agree. I think we're going to see some more accountability, um, Obviously things didn't go great uh, for Paul Maurice and Winnipeg. They had a couple years there where they looked like they were, you know, in that contender category and then regressed the last few years. But I think it's also worth noting uh, just how different Florida uh, is in terms of the, the player personnel they have from the Winnipeg Jets. Um, not so much the defense, like the, the Jets didn't have great defense and the, the Panthers, I don't think have a great defense this year. Um, but in terms of the forwards and the personnel there, Winnipeg didn't have really any great defensive forwards. I think you could argue Nikolai Ehlers is their best two way forward, but you know, Mark Scheifele is not back checking. Blake Wheeler doesn't have the speed to back check, right? Like they don't have Kyle Connors all offense. Um, they don't have, they didn't have a ton of guys that are defensively responsible. Whereas in Florida, I think you have a lot of guys like that, like Barkov, like Kachuk, like Lindell. And so I'm interested to see how um, those guys kind of fit into the system. And uh, yeah, really just what we're going to see in terms of that forward group from Paul Maurice. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect, but I think if he can introduce a little bit more structure on the defensive side of the puck and a little bit more accountability, I think those will be beneficial to the Panthers it's just doing all that without limiting the, the free flowing offense that Florida has become known for over the last couple of seasons.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like I feel the last season. Yeah. We got to see that offense, you know, and I, they broke, I don't know how many franchise records and I probably NHL records. Um, I I can't remember exactly, but, Like when you watched a game, when it was in their zone, it was a little scary. Like, yeah, there was a lot of just simple mistakes that were made that were easily preventable. And I don't know if trading away Uyghur is thinking that that's a source of the issue. I, I I don't, I didn't think so, but his play in the playoffs last season definitely didn't help. Um, like it's just it's a defensive core that was that, that struggled at times and definitely definitely something that Paul Maurice can come in and help
0: yeah so I'm definitely looking forward to that Um, definitely be I think a, a different look to the, to the Panthers this season in terms of uh, the way they play but should be a lot of fun uh, we'll move on here now to question two which is outside of Matthew Kachuk, who is the, easily the biggest addition the Panthers have made this offseason uh, in that Huberto and Uyghur trade. Outside of him, what new player do you expect to have the greatest impact
1: on this team? Uh, I can well I can tell you who I hope it's not and I got a little scared when he mentioned him, when she mentioned him in the uh, in the uh, it, in the media this week is Eric Stahl. Um, Hopefully that's not it, Uh, but it's tough, Um, you know, because you you look at all the additions and I I think that by it's staggeringly like it goes from Kachuk and then it it goes down after that. But um, I I don't know to be honest like nobody jumps out to me that much I like the depth pieces up front like bringing in Nick Cousins, Rudolph Balsers, um
0: Colin White Colin
1: White like like I I honestly like the Kachuk move is great that's the only one that I can like be like certain is going to pan out i no others jump out to me yeah to me yeah and i I think that says a lot about the offseason that zito has had and we can't really like you you know how they always say no you gotta like look at the big picture look at the big picture this is one where i'm like i prefer to look at the small picture of the kachuk trade um like just because of how like i don't want to say underwhelming but like, it hasn't been the offseason that I was necessarily expecting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that is just due to the, to the salary cap. Like, I think, yeah, if they could have had yeah. better players, they would have. Yeah. But when you still have Patrick Hornquist on the books, when you have Bobrovsky making his money, you are limited in what you can do. Um, I love the addition of Matthew Kachuk. I think it was a, a great trade that keeps your window open longer and saves you a bit of money. So, I'm a big fan of that move. Uh, For that reason, I think in the short term, it might hurt them this season um, if Huberto plays the way he did last year. But, you know, if you're looking at the next five, six years, then I think you say, you know what, it it makes them better long term. Um, So I like that in terms of the other moves. I'm not like, again, like you said, there, there weren't any like big, big names he brought in, but I can at least like I can see the logic behind each player that was brought in, like as much as like Eric Stahl is Eric Stahl. He's old, right? It's and like, he's
1: like, realistically, he's probably not going to make the team.
0: No, but he might float around as an extra forward, right? Uh, like I see, yeah. I see it as Eric Stahl's coming in to play, to do the Joe Thornton role with the notable difference exactly. that he has a Stanley Cup.
1: And yeah, and we got to remember that like Joe Thornton did not play every game last season. No, thank like, goodness. Somebody that you don't that you don't want to have in your lineup at all times, but can be good like, yeah. like in stretches where you kind of need that that veteran role and you want to know what he's a body and he's as you said it, he's a body with the Stanley Cup ring.
0: Yeah. And so to me, like that's one of those ones where it's I think based on the playoffs last year, maybe Bill Zito felt there was a little bit of immaturity in the group. And so you bring in some strong veteran voices like him and like his brother, Mark, on the back end. Um, I like Rudolph's Ballsers and Colin White as additions just because I think those are two inexpensive kind of smart bets to make, right? Like I, I when Colin White was healthy in the first couple of years he was in Ottawa, I was a big fan of his game, um, a responsible defensive guy. And then I think Rudolph Ballsers is a guy who's got some offense- um, who's decent defensively, good underlying numbers, um, a similar addition to Carter Verhage, but a, a light version, not not to the same degree, uh, in terms of you know what he's coming in here with as his pedigree. Um, for me, I'm gonna go a little off the board with my favorite new addition. I'm gonna go with Michael Delzato on the back end. Cause I like Michael Delzato. And I look at I, I like what he brings. Not a lot, like a minimal amount. But I look at the defense, and I'm like, if any of the new additions – because the defense without McKenzie Weger looks brutal, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: you're looking at the list of new additions of guys I can think and come in and perform decent-ish, I think Michael Delzotto can do it. So, like, he's not going to wow you with anything. But he can skate, right? Spin around. So, up front, I'm going to go with, like, White and Bolsters on the back end. Michael auto is the answer. Well, it's certainly not Anthony yeah. Beto, right? Like,
1: yeah. It, it was just it, it was a tough offseason. You you kind of you you use your non financial assets to get put like literally like probably a top 15, if not on a good day, a top 10 talent in the NHL. Um like of course you're gonna pay on who else. Like now you're in a position where you can't give up assets to get players, um, and you're stuck by this with the salary cap. Um, so I think in all it was a good off season, and I think I I think as you said it it might hurt their chances next season, but after that it kind of. You know the the eyes wide the eyes widen. It's it gets a lot yeah. more interesting after that. I think.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's, house. A,
1: it's like it's it's an interesting move that like teams pull because obviously like the the Panthers aren't the only team to do this. It's like it's not a rebuild, but it's like it's a check it down kind here. Of is at the same time. Yeah. Like it's a like at least that's the that's the way I feel like. I think, you know, you're, you're still putting a more than good enough team to make the playoffs. Um, but I, I don't think the expectation is to win the cup this year. And, you know, I, I think that in the process, you're able to, to you know, like you, you're buying time is what you're doing. Yeah. That, that's how I see it is you just you're buying time.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And in the meantime, you've brought in a bunch of low-risk guys and you're thinking – listen you know you just need one of those guys to hit somewhat right exactly so bring a bunch of them in and just see what works that's what Bill Zito did his first offseason when he brought in guys like Vinny Hinnestroza and obviously like Carter Verhage and Anthony Declare and a couple of those guys obviously hit but you're, you just need at least one and I think someone will do it I'm just not yep. sure who at this point but someone's gonna have an impact uh, we'll move on now though to question three which is Last year, Matthew Kachuk, career year with the Flames. Do you think he continues to build on that career year in Florida? Or are we going to see some regression from Matthew Kachuk?
1: No, I I think he builds on it. And I'll tell you why. Because he's playing with Sasha Barkov now. Yeah. Like, I I just, I don't think Matthew Kachuk has played with a player as good and is just... You know, like he doesn't have the offensive like flair that Johnny Gaudreau had, but he's a much more um, responsible player. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think like, like, um, I think of it this way is like Matthew Kachuk's time with Johnny Gaudreau was his like fun years. Now he starts with Barkov. Now it gets serious. Yeah. Now he like, now he dials in and I absolutely think he builds on it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think like one of the similarities I see with Matthew Kachuk and, and Sasha Barkov too, obviously like, you know, winger center, they're both decent defensively, obviously Barkov, Barkov's in, you know, another class there, but um, both those guys, like they're, they're big and they're not particularly fast, but they just have like a sneaky amount of skill. Right. Like Matthew Kajuk can do some ridiculous things with a puck. The same with Barkov. They don't do it with speed. And if you put Verhage on the other wing, then you have some speed and some more skill there. So I think that's a really solid top line. Uh, And I absolutely think he builds on it. And I think he'll be a great addition to the power play as well. Um, So as much as last year was a terrific year for him, I see no reason why he can't build on that. Um, especially as he starts to get more comfortable and builds more chemistry in Florida as the season goes on. And for many seasons to come as well. I mean,
1: he's only 23, 24. Exactly. Like that's the crazy part that like, yeah, you're, you're, you look at the contract now and especially with compared, I mean, paired with Barkov's, you know, you you look at it, it's 19 and a half million. They're taking up a quarter of the salary cap. Like, whoa but i think you got to remember they're both gonna play very well into those contracts um barring anything unforeseen um and the cap is gonna go up yeah like it's been flat for a what seems like a very long time now i i feel like it's just gonna it's gonna spike at some point
0: yeah it has We're,
1: we're gonna see like a year over – like, we're going to see it go year over year for, like, three seasons where we're just like, holy moly. Yeah. Like, this is – there's going to be an insane period of growth.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why getting that amount of term is so crucial. Yeah. Um, because you're just waiting for that moment to come, and it's got to come at some point.
1: Yeah, in contract – you know, like if the cap goes up, caps uh, or uh, contracts are gonna shoot up. Yeah, and okay. I, I, you know, and you look at the signing in Colorado, and that, 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 that foretells everything in my mind. Like, yeah. if, if a team like that can give the, that guy that much money, and. I, I think the owners and the GMs already have an idea of how much it's going to go up in, like, the next five seasons. I do think they have yeah. those projections. Um, like, I, I do think the NHL makes those. Um, I, I think I think we're going to see an insane period yeah. of growth very yeah. soon.
0: Yeah, and so I think if you're a team that has the room to give guys a uh, term and maybe, you know, and lock them down long-term, I think you absolutely make it fit if you can. And then if you don't, you're you're just bridging guys and hoping that, definitely, you know, you still get the timing right. Um, We'll move on to a quick ad read here, though, before we get into the back half of our questions. We still got lots more to talk about. Um, But first, a quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins and new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. Insane amount. With With bigger payouts than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That is code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, yeah, NFL season. Obviously, you and I, big NFL fans, our teams crushing it to start in the year. Uh, Seahawks and Giants ish. Uh, but yeah, should be a good one, but we'll get uh, back. They're
1: both playing above expectations.
0: Well, it helps when the expectations are on the floor, right? It's really easy to succeed at expectations. Right. It's like the coyotes this year. If they finish anything above dead last, they finished above expectations. Literally. Right? Like the, the bars on the floor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get back into some Panther stuff here. Uh my next question for you. Uh, last few years, one of the big calling cards of the Florida Panthers has been their forward depth. Uh, with some of the guys that have really stepped up, Carter Haig, Anthony Duclair, Mason Marchmont type types of players like that. Uh, this year, that depth has seen quite a bit of a shift. Uh, and obviously the injury to Anthony DeClaire doesn't help that. Um, if you're the coach, how are you looking to deploy the lines this season? Are you loading up your top two lines? Are you kind of spreading the wealth out a bit? How are you looking at the lines for the Florida Panthers this year to kind of maximize the production you're going to get?
1: I'm I'm probably looking to load up a pretty strong top six. Um I, okay. I think and, and then I'm probably trying to just get get a bottom six that's solid, not that, that you don't need to rely on for scoring that much, but you know, will be really good defensively. I think that's what what you're looking for. Um I, I and I think that's that's what I would do. Um, because as much as teams are going to try and shut down your first two lines, if you, with the guys that the Panthers have, if they have, you know, like just throwing it out there, top six would be Barkov, Kachuk, Reinhardt, Bennett, Verhege, Duclair, right? Like in no particular order. Um, that's your top six. Even if you're a team, an opposing team and you try and shut that down, it's probably not going to work out. So I, I'm fine having that division between a really strong top six and maybe a more defensively-minded bottom six.
0: Yeah, well, I think the, the, I'm, I would go maybe a bit different. I <clears throat> I think with the, the personnel that's there, the good news is that they do have a lot of really good two-way forwards, right? And so yeah. you could kind of spread them out a bit. I would probably look at the top line. I think Barkov or Hagey-Kachuk, that's your top line, right? And then I look at the fourth line, and I'm thinking Luce Ryan and Hornquist-Lomberg, you know, you can rotate someone in there. But to me, I'd set those two lines in stone, and then I would look more towards the middle as to where I would move some guys around. For me, I think this year, Anton Wendell, I'm putting him on the second line. And I'm putting him yep. on s I'd put, I'd put Sam Reinhart with uh, Anton Lindell, and I would maybe toss Rudolph Balsters on the other wing. And then I'm probably looking at Sam Bennett, Cousins, and uh, Colin White on that third line. Sam Bennett, third line type play. He's a good player, brings offense, but he's big, he's physical. So you throw him there with a two way guy like Colin White, and then Nick Cousins can do Nick Cousins things. And I would look at. I wouldn't, I would deploy the top line a lot. I'd probably almost do it like to it. Like I would deploy the second and third line, a similar amount. I wouldn't have too much discrepancy there. And then the fourth line will play as needed. Yeah. It is kind of what I would look to see from the forwards. There's obviously like, there's a lot, You can, again, you can load up the top two lines. Um, you can shift, you know, Bennett and Wendell and, you know, look at who's having a good, good game.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, I I don't think there's a bad way to go about it. Um, it's it's really it's gonna be interesting. I think there's so much like offensive potential. Um, like, you, Paul Maurice can do whatever he wants, and I think it's he's still gonna have a solid base to work with. Yeah, he does
0: historically with his time in Winnipeg. He does love using like a third line shutdown line and deploying them in those tough matchups. Mm -hmm. Like that's why Adam Lowry played as much as he did Um, Mm -hmm. guys like that. So I'm curious to see, you know, who he sees as maybe being that guy uh, with the Panthers. Is it Lundell or is he too young or do you just want Sam Bennett out there running guys like different ways you can go about it really? Like it's, it's not as deep as last year, this forward group, but especially once Declare gets back, it's really, it's not shallow. Like they have a lot of guys it's just finding the best fits.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with that. Um, you know, he's, and that's, that's the difference. I think that, you know, with a coach like Andrew Burnett, you really needed that, that like more of a traditional structured lineup. Yeah. I think with, you know, with Paul Maurice, who's seen a lot throughout his career, um, Like he know he's very experienced, he knows what it takes to win, knows, you know, so I'm I'm a lot more confident with him and what he's gonna do up and down the lineup that you know he he can do some more creative things that I I don't think we would have necessarily seen under Brunette.
0: Yeah. I I do think early on, I think we're gonna see uh him rely on like existing chemistry like look at what guys did last year like we know Barkov and Verhege works so keep them together we know Reinhardt and Lindell works really well so keep those guys together at least like rely a bit on stuff you know works and then kind of fill in the gaps with some of the new new bodies is is what I might look to as well yeah Um, it's definitely going to be a different, different look to, to this offense this year, especially with the the creativity of of Jonathan Hubert Owen, his playmaking. Exactly. Um, so we'll see, it should be, it should be a lot of fun, but we'll move back. We'll look at the defense now. Um, I I got the lines up like right now on my screen. It doesn't look great. I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously we we all know how good Aaron Eckblad is, right? And I think everyone loves what Gustav Forsling's done the last couple of years. Um, Radko Gut is a personal favorite of mine just for the way he plays. Uh, Brandon Montour can move the puck. But then you're looking at you know Lucas Carlson, Mark Stahl, Delzado, maybe Beato. Like It's not not great. I've heard Matt Kierstadz looked really good in camp. But who knows? We've seen him in the NHL. He hasn't been yeah, great.
1: Yeah, I'm not... <clears throat> I was <laughs> going to say, I'm ju- I am just I just keep remembering that last game of the regular season last season. He was back. Against Montreal, and Matt Kierstad looked, and I, I know Florida basically played an AHL team, but still, it was one of those em- most embarrassing games to watch. Oh, yeah. And Matt Kierstad was culprit number one alongside um, what was his name? Goalie, uh, Johansson.
0: Oh, Jonas Johansson's the worst goal I've ever seen.
1: Yo, yeah, Johansson.
0: Yeah, but like so, so as much, like yeah. Like but like, it's he's it's, young.
1: It's a team that's, it's a team that's going to get much much slower than what we saw last season.
0: Yeah. No, and that's why I'm looking at the defense too, and it's again, like I said, it's not great. You do have some mobility with Forsling and Montour and Ekblad. And then you got Radko Gudis and Mark Stahl that can shut things down. And Lucas Carlson looked great for certain parts of the season last year. Um, but to me, like, it's not as good as some of the other d you've seen around the league. Like, it's not as good as Calgary. It's not as good as Colorado. But at the same time, you, you should be defending as a five-man unit out there and mm-hmm. looking at some of the, you know, responsible fours that they have. I don't think they're going to bleed goals, right? Like, I mean, they didn't yeah. pass, right? But it's not going to be, like, detrimental to this team, I think. I think they'll find ways to, to win games. And I think, yeah, the buy-in from the forwards uh, will help a lot with that. But if you were looking, you know, further in the future at the deadline, I think you're looking at the defense thinking, yeah, we could probably use another guy in the top four uh, or yeah. something along those lines. But I don't think it's as bad as some people are making it out to be. I agree, right? And I think
1: I think we're still very much looking at a playoff team. Like I don't think there's any doubt about that.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like I was gonna, it was gonna be my last question: was Are they a playoff team? And a lot of people have, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, like, do they even make the playoffs? Because it looks like they've gotten worse, and maybe so. I don't think tremendous amount worse than some of the other teams in the Atlantic have gotten better like Buffalo and Detroit and Ottawa um but I still see this as very much a playoff team um and of course anything can happen but I think that you know even with the changes and and you know the uh how much depth they've lost I still think anytime you got the top offensive guys that they have they're they're going to be all right Yeah, I think so too. Right. And it's like you mentioned earlier, like, yeah, it might be a down year for them, but they've extended their window. And when you look at teams that win Stanley cups, all they're trying to do is give themselves as many kicks at the can as possible, right? Like it took Colorado so many years of playoff disappointment to win the cup. It took Tampa Bay so many years of disappointment to win the cup. So as long as you're in the mix, you always have a chance and you're just trying to keep yourself in the mix for as long as possible and hope that one year everything clicks and, comes together exactly so maybe that's not this year for the panthers but they've set themselves up for where they can do that for many years to come once they have some more money off the books um so Mm -hmm. i like the like
1: just next season next season you're losing like 12 million dollars in cap just like that yeah it's it's gonna be really yeah so
0: again, yeah, you get enough flexibility for the future and you're putting yourself in a better position three, four years down the line. Um, and that's the kind of thing, you know, I like from a team. I don't want to be a team that contends one year and then it's back to mediocrity. You know, you want to build something special and build something that can compete for a while. And that's what they're trying to do this year. It might not be the year, but who knows uh, down the line. Uh, next up, Goaltending. What do you think the goalie splits are going to look like this year?
1: Oh man, it's it's getting tough, isn't it? Like I think you're you're still looking at probably a 60-40 split for Bobrovsky, maybe yeah. sixty five. Well, I think
0: go- going into last year, I thought we I thought we'd, I thought we'd I, see I, more I really Spencer Knight than we did, and that was part Spencer Knight not winning the Me crease too. and part Bobrovsky playing pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah
0: right. I think the fact that it's no secret this team has looked at moving Sergey Bobrovsky um it's just it's not um the fact that they haven't though I think speaks a to to the market there wasn't a market for him but also B I think that they feel Spencer Knight's not ready to be the guy yet.
1: yeah and Bobrovsky has not been playing poorly like he he has regained some form I he's not he's not Vezina still but. He's looking like a number one NHL goalie.
0: Yeah. And so I think if you're the Panthers, you're basically sitting here like, look, like we'll sit with, this is our tandem until Spencer Knight earns that crease outright, which he hasn't done yet. I like, he will do it at some point. Right. I think he's well on the way. And um, I think, you know, Paul Maurice team can no doubt get that done. I mean, you know, Connor Hellebuck over in Winnipeg, pretty good. Um, So I think, at some point, Spencer Knight's going to win the crease. It's just, is it this year?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think you're, you're looking at it like, and, and I think that the, the him winning the crease is going to be kind of interesting to see with his contract up after the season. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that like
0: also comes into play.
1: Like. I, I don't know. I think you can either go two year deal or four year deal for him. Eight. Um eight year deal. I'd be fine with that, but I don't think No, he wouldn't
0: do it. He year wouldn't year do it. If, if he does that his agent, he, you know, you can the agent.
1: Well, no, he would only do that if Bill Zito would give him like eight million a year. And I like I don't think that's happening. Um <laughs> You can't be paying your goal is eighteen so, million. So it's gonna be interesting because you have the option between a two-year deal or a four-year deal. Yeah. You can't go three because if you go three, it ends at the same time as Bobrovsky, and now you're kind of screwed. Um, just because like you're giving, I in my opinion, you're giving the goalie way too much leverage. Uh, just in contract negotiations and that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with this contract. But I think that'll that that'll help us help be an indicator of um of when uh, we might see him taking over that that crease. Yeah,
0: like and when you look at like the the contract stuff as well, like I think if you're the Panthers, probably best case scenario for you is that Boprovsky plays really well, Spencer Knight plays pretty well and plays consistently well, but not well enough to win the crease, and then he doesn't have the same you know performance is when you're looking at his contract and you can still lock him in for fairly cheap. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're looking at the, the long-term the next three, four five years, that's what you're probably hoping for. But I have no issue if Spencer Knight comes in and outright wins the crease. I hope like the Spencer Knight fan in me hopes he does it, but the, the looking at the bigger picture part of it kind of hopes that, uh, Bobrovsky can still play well. And that would also, uh, make him more tradable as well especially with another year you know going by on that contract Mm -hmm. so it'll be it'll be interesting to see but i think it really is a a big question mark around this team not again not so much as concerned because i assume at least one of them can play well right during the season you know ride who's ever ride whoever's hot but yeah um But it is a question mark in terms of, I don't know what that's going to look like for this team. And I don't think anyone does. You kind of just have to let it unfold on the ice. But we will see. Uh, Last question here for you, Noah. Uh, What player from last season's roster do you expect to see the most improvement from this year? We saw a lot of guys take big steps last year. Is there anyone that stands out as this is the year?
1: There definitely is. Um, and I, I feel like he might be the same one as, as you're going to say is um, Anton Undell. Oh, I mean, it's I a very, great rookie Anton year last Mundell, year. Like,
0: well, I already penciled him in as the second yeah. line center.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, and I, I really think he's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to step up. Like yeah. he, he has an entire NHL season under his belt. He knows what it, He knows, it's always easier the second time around. Now, is that like sophomore slump is a thing? Yeah, but I also think there's more opportunity for him. So I, I'm, I'm really excited for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at like, he had such a terrific rookie year last year, especially considering how little power play time he got, how reliable he was defensively, killing penalties, right? If he wasn't hurt, you know, he's probably even more in the Calder mix. Um, so I think... To me, like the the clear favorite for that would be Anton Lundell. For the team's sake, though, I hope it's like Grigory Denisenko.
1: I would love for nothing more than right?
0: that. I think Grigory Denisenko taking a big step forward. Now, he was hurt a bit last year, but if he could come in and be an NHL regular and provide some offense. Like I like the way Grigory Denisenko plays. He plays small, but he's physical. He's got skill, right? not the fastest skater in the world, but good enough. I think if he could take a step forward and be a legitimate top-nine player for this team, that automatically makes them deeper at forward, um, gives them a lot more line combination options. That, I think, would be the most beneficial improvement to this team. I'm not sure if it happens, but to me, Anton Lindell is is the favorite at this point. Maybe maybe Lucas Carlson, too, but like but it's
1: probably the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably the most obvious choice. Right. And, but, um, yeah, like we, 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 we've been saying this for a while now. Like I think there should just be a league wide award for this.
0: Yeah. The most improved player.
1: Yeah. Like we've, we've been saying it for a while. Like it's the NBA has it. Why, because the nba has most improved and rookie of the year
0: yeah like like i I feel like they should do it why not yeah 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 i don't like i feel like they have like a lot of awards some of them are not that meaningful like just toss an extra one in i think people would like to see it Yeah, go
1: for it yeah
0: and i think you know if you did so i think
1: anton Lundell gotta be in the mix gotta be the like you might even need to like just name the trophy after him
0: yeah, I mean, you, you might have to.
1: The on, the Anton Lindell most improved player goes to. I mean, Anton it's got a pretty good ring to it.
0: It would be good. It would be good. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it'll be – I expect big things from him this year, and I, I, I think he'll deliver.
1: 100%.
0: I mean, he's delivered thus yeah. far in his career. Um, but we will see. Uh, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you, as always. Uh, To everyone tuning and listening, we'll be back next week uh, with a brand new episode talking more Panther stuff. Uh, There's going to be some preseason games in between now and then. So we'll be talking about that uh, and how the team's shaping up. Um, But yeah, that does it for this one. And we will see you all next time.